I was given this great opportunity to begin, and so I want to welcome all of you to this um, forum this afternoon. I am Alicia Batiste, and I am under the direction of Mrs. Danica Letter, who is really our host today. Um, forum this afternoon. I am Alicia Batiste, and I am under. So what we are. What we are going to do today is we are going to actually have a discussion about, uh, you know, is uh, marriage still attractive to the unmarried person? Is marriage still attractive, you know, to the unmarried person? We've, we've been um, hearing so much about marriage and those who don't want to get married. This um, discussion actually came about with a Facebook pay, a post that, that was made by one of our panelists. And it was so interesting. And as a result of that, uh, we all came together and we decided to have this uh, um, session today. So we want to uh, jump in waiting uh, while we await our hostess. Um, we want to jump in and just uh, you know, find out from the panelists, just introduce yourself quickly so that, uh, you know, the WWW will know you and those who are viewing, you're gonna have a little insight of who we are. So, um, you know, you go right ahead and introduce yourself. I'm gonna start with Carol. All right, good night, everyone. My name is Carol Boyce. Um, just a little about myself, I'm a youth pastor. Um, also a youth mentor. I've been mentoring, have a passion to mentor males or young males. Um, I am married to one wife. I have <laughs> I have two daughters, one age four and one age one a year and some months. I've been married for just over seven years to Afia boys. For just over seven years, so he's coming in with new experiences for us and to share. He, one thing he missed out is from the beautiful island of Tobago. All right, let's not forget that romantic place, Tobago. Uh, uh, thank you so much, Carol. Carissa, hi everyone. My name is Carissa Tilly, and uh, I am 26. I am a worship minister at Valuable Church and well in general. I'm also a YouTuber. I do um, I have a channel based on faith, love, and lifestyle. So all those things combined. I'm single, so I guess I'll be coming from that perspective as well um, in this discussion. And I'm really excited to just have this awesome time with my fellow panelists, and I'm very interested because in in terms of what's going to come out of today. So that's me. Thank you so much. And we have Mr. Jason. Thank you very much, Alicia. And good afternoon, everybody. Is everybody hearing me clearly? Yeah? Yeah, great. Um, uh, my name is Jason Leach. I am a PhD candidate at the University of Ottawa. Um, before that, I did things at the Caribbean Nigerian College. And before that, I did things at the University of the West Indies. I think that's 
a nice summary. Um, I am, well, let's see, what's age inside of this? So I am, I am 42 and unmarried. And um, I suppose we'll get to that as the discussion goes along. But yes, that's, that's me in summary. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So I will just uh, then tell you who am I. I am Alicia Batiste. I'm a pastor and I'm a counselor. I am also, well, I am uh, mature now. So you think about marriage. I'm 48 years old and I am unmarried. So my question to you guys is, um, is marriage still attractive to the unmarried? Because as we have it, we have three unmarried persons here, and I'm, I'm betting that we have a lot of um, unmarried persons in, you know, in the, 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 the land of technology and those who are married. So tell me, talk, let's talk. Is uh, marriage still attractive? Anyway. Thanks very much, Alicia, for... The introduction, bringing on the introductions for the topic, uh, but I think we, let's you know get let's let's get with the hard hard questions. I mean, you're a counselor, as you said, um, you would have dealt with many people. Um, how do you think experiences, people's experiences, uh, um, affect their attractiveness to marriage? Um, I think it affects the attractiveness in both a positive way and a negative way. For example, um, there are those who, who may have, um, you know, grew up in an environment that seeing a marriage, they saw a lot of positive things in that marriage. They saw both a, both a mother and a father working together to contribute to their well-being and to ensure their development um, was well-rounded. But then you have those relationships where you don't have any, you don't have an example of what, how a marriage should really look. And, um, you know, I, I am one, I believe in transparency. So I can speak from, from my point of view, not having um, parents to nurture me. I grew up in a, you know, all female home. So having that level of control as a woman, as a young lady growing up. So it was is this what it really is? You know, is this what life is until you realize that it's more than that? And you realize that um, marriage, I, I came to the understanding that, yes, I wanted to get married. I had a desire to be a wife and a child. You know, in school, when they ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always right. wanted to be a housewife, a wife, a mother, you know. And today, um, up to now, 48, I'm not seeing that as yet, but I know it's somewhere in the horizon. Um, but, you know, the desire was always there. But I, I don't know if the, the nurturing came with it. And I want to believe that the nurturing did not come with it. Right. right. Carissa, what, what do you think? And as a young person, youngest person on the panel, you know, how does experience and because especially in the church, I mean, the the experience you have attract you to marriage in terms of the examples. I was actually thinking when um sister until we say I don't know what to call you on the live. Um was talking about it. I was thinking, you know, how faith plays a part in whether you're attracted to marriage or not, or if it plays a part at all. 
And so for me, growing up, seeing healthy marriages around um, did shape my idea of wanting to get married. To be honest, I was one of those persons, 18. I want to get married by 18. You know what I was thinking? And every time I reached the age, I reached 18, I was like, all right, man, you know, 21, 21. And I reached 21, I was like, 23. You might not be there, but 23. And, you know, I'm 26 now. And, but um, I think having those experiences really does shape you. But I think the the challenging thing, though, especially when you grow up in a, a circle where everything is supposed to be good or nice, when you see, like, marriages from the inside, and you realize, like, persons put up this kind of front. You wonder, right. is this something I actually want to, you know, enter into? Where outside you smile for everybody else, but at home there are lots of, you know, unspoken things that are happening. That is like, I don't know if I would want to have that, you know. So I've seen that. Um, and thankfully, I have, you know, great parents, but obviously no marriage is perfect. So even where instances they may have fallen short or where I would have observed like my friends and their parents, stuff that they would have gone through, it really sometimes challenges you. Um, so I think your experience does really impact how, whether or not you want to get married. And for me, my faith also impacted that because once I realized how God designed our society to be, it became more and more attractive to me. Right. So we're hearing positive experiences and um, in terms of examples. And then, you know, Alicia also mentioned nurturing, you know, and how that impacted her. And so the thing is, life is a mix. You know, it's not a cut and dry. Okay, I'm only seeing positive examples. I'm only seeing negative examples. You have the positive examples and you have the negative examples. So to me, it really comes down to your choice. Um, so don't allow the examples of others to tell you, okay, this is how marriage is supposed to be or your marriage is going to be. Um, it comes down to you choosing, okay, making the choice to make your marriage a healthy marriage and for it to be different. But how do you make that choice when you don't even know where to begin, um, Jason, you could probably pop in here. I know with your podcast, you spoke about, you know, men beginning to have to talk and have a conversation because some men and women also, but, you know, women, you know, they more talk about it. They don't really have an idea because of the negative examples they had, you know, in terms of getting into a healthy marriage and being attracted to marriage. So what do you think? This is my, my um, opinion. Marriage was never an important thing for me. Right? Um, it was never a goal that I had. Um, I mean, I believe in marriage. Or rather, I believe that the people who want to be married should get married. Um, but it was never a thing for me. I can't say that it was because of the example. I have noticed within my circles, the people who grew up in single parent homes were the last to get married. Um, and I grew up in a single home. So I, I grew up seeing um, self-sufficient. To the extent that that impacted me, I can't see. But it was never, 
something that I, it wasn't one of my goals. Um, you know, but I say um, kudos to those who, who want to get married. Definitely do that if that is something you want to do. Sorry. And the thing is, too, whether you're married or you're not married, life is challenging. You have trouble. You know, God spoke about it in John 16, 33, that, you know, in this life you will have trouble, you know, but he has overcome the world, you know. So whether you're single or you're married, there are challenges in life. Carol, you know, a lot of people are getting married because they want to be happy because they see other married people on social media and they're thinking hashtag goals and they're thinking that's their, their, their reality um, when it's just a picture, one second of their life, you know, and they're thinking, I want to be happy too. A lot of people are, are attracted to marriage because they want to be happy. Um, what do you think about that? Um, I think that's a wrong goal. I just want to make it clear that my, my bias or my perspective is from a biblical standpoint because I'm a pastor. I believe that God designed marriage and he gives the, the policies, the rules, the guidelines for the institution. And if if we're going to look at marriage through a correct lens, we need to look through the lens of God, right? And from a biblical perspective, the, the objective or the goal of marriage is not happiness. So, so, so persons who have it in their mind that they that they're going after marriage to gain happiness, I think they're gonna bounce their head. Right? Um, I think that one of the ways that God crucifies us or kills us, and, and I don't mean that literally, is is with marriage. Because in a marriage in, in a in a marriage institution, um you can't be narcissistic. You can't come in there for what you could get. You're coming in there for what you can give. And um, you have to die. You are, yeah, there are many compromises that you would have to make as an individual so that that institution can survive. And I think that the goal of marriage is actually becoming one. You know, and, and I think that, that happiness is a byproduct of becoming one. That once you and your spouse start beginning to mesh, and start understanding each other and start operating in that understanding of each other. And I think that a byproduct of that is going to be that you're going to be happy. But don't make happiness the goal. Um, because then your marriage would fail and then people would start blaming people. Because that is why a lot of people separate because they're with somebody who the person is not making them happy and then they start blaming the person for the reason why they're not happy and then they start searching for someone else um, to make them happy. So if the goal of marriage is not about happiness and it's becoming one, you know, but you also said, Chris, don't get scared. <laughs> you know, you would have the happy moments and they are, you know, that is a byproduct of it. That is a, um, one of the benefits of it, but it's not the goal of marriage. And really and truly, another person really cannot make you happy. Alicia, probably you could tell us about that in, in terms of a counselor, you know, um, people looking to other people to make them happy, you know. 
Um, probably that is why people, some people are unattracted to marriage because they see that there are challenges and they want to be happy all the time. Right. If some, and, and let's clarify, if someone wants to be happy all the time, that is unrealistic because the reality is we will always have, um, we will always have different uh, emotions. You will not always be happy. And, and uh, um, from one stance, happiness is temporal. Happiness is, you know, I get some good rum and raisin ice cream and, and that suffice. And by the time that taste gone, that's it. I'm looking for something else to turn to. Um, so if persons are getting married based on, on happiness, um, we know that that will not last. Usually I would ask a lot of persons, you know, why, why do you really want to get married? And, and most times you would hear, well, I love the person. I, I want to make this person happy. I want to, you know, it's always what I want to do. And very rare you hear, you know, what really is the crux of marriage. And I think um, even here, before we can even think about marriage, we have to think about the individual. And, you know, that person who you are, you are hoping to come into your life. You have to know actually who you are because we can talk about marriage and mm -hmm. see how attractive it is, but are we as an individual, are we um, attractive for ourselves? And sure. then I'm physical attraction. I'm speaking, you know, that emotional attraction, that intelligence attraction, the psychological attraction, all the things, the facets that would make a person. Um, you know, is that is that something that matters? You know, because one of the one of the things I, I recognize, and we spoke about it, um, or we would have mentioned it on a whole, is the whole nature of marriage on the foundation of one's faith. You know, if if it is attractive, so you look at your faith, you look at the environment, you look at. But if if we were to be true to ourselves, is marriage really attractive? Now, we could say yes, but the world might say no, because when you look at the divorce rate, when you look at what is happening, a lot of people would say, no, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. And, and you would find, you're finding more and more there's a delay in getting married now. Carissa, at one time, I had 18, 21, 24, <laughs> as the case may be, yes? And I, I was telling one of my mentors recently, I think at this age, I am now understanding what marriage really is about. It's about selflessness, not selflessness. Because oftentimes we go in, I want to please this person, but I want them to please me too, you know? So it's... Right. So it's like, it's like, what about they going with these expectations? Like, this is what I want to come out of marriage. And if you don't meet that expectation, then okay, bye. You know, uh, really, really, as Carol and yourself said, is about, you know, that self-sacrificial love and unconditional love of the person. And um, as you, you kind of touched on it in, um, in terms of selflessness, um, the Bible also talks about submission. And, you know, men have a way, you know, or even women, I would say, we avoid that word, you know, but men were meant to be the leaders of the home. And in some cases, some men are unattractive to marriage because they don't see them. I, I don't know. Is it because, Jason, help me here. I'm looking for the word. Why are some men unattractive 
to marriage, especially when they begin to think about leading, being the leader. <laughs> a very um, interesting lead up to that question. You know, I mean, men not seeing themselves as leaders and then they come to me. <laughs> Um, well, I was, I was lost so for it, so I got it. Oh, am I still there? <laughs> sorry, 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 ladies and gentlemen, my internet is really, really Dutch. Where are you? Am I still... Alicia, you're not, you're unmuted, huh? I'm saying we could have Carol answer in the meantime while yes. Jason Sorry, sorry about that folks. That's okay, Jason. I have I have community internet, so it's yeah, it does that. Um so I think if we're talking, right? Everybody's getting married later. That's that's a, that's a that's a, a fact of this generation and it's it's People are getting married later because there was an there was an argument that marriage provided security, so you get the kind of security that you needed from a man. Now we have women who are financially and otherwise very independent, so there is no need to get into a relationship for the secure at least financial security. Then we have just the general cost of living. And the truth of the matter is divorce is also very expensive. So people figure, you know what? I will probably not get married because I don't want to get divorced. I want to hold on to the things that I want. Um, and so while women are becoming more educated, more independent, men are still doing things as well. So you have this now, these two people coming together. Um, and from my observations, this is not empirical. It seems as if men and women are in a constant battle. So you ask yourself, why am I going to put myself in a situation where I'm going to have to be battling somebody all the time? And you don't. You know what I mean? So it is not necessarily a, a, an issue of somebody seeing themselves as less of a leader. Sometimes you're just protecting your peace. And, you know, we could talk about all the examples and whatever and whatever internal struggles, but, you know, I can say for me, and the thing is, I might turn up married tomorrow, right? so this is, this is not me being anti-married, I just, I just say, I am very comfortable with my company, so I don't want to get married to somebody that will make me uncomfortable. If I am by myself, I am okay. So, um, I don't know if that sticks to the leadership question, Percy, but I do think that the dynamics have changed um, generally, and that filters down everywhere that we, you know, women are certainly more empowered and they don't need marriage as a place of security. So then they are going to have to find, and men have to find other reasons why it is they should be married. And I think that um, that's a, another thing by itself. Hmm. Carol? Yeah, I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel what Jason's saying. I think from my perspective is how we have been socialized now as a society. 
because you were saying earlier that we shouldn't use other person's experience to determine to, 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 to make our decisions but that is one of the ways that we conduct researches even when i was in school we we went about time we conducted questionnaires to collect data and so and so as 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 the generation looking on coming up as children we are looking at persons who are married right and we are listening to the conversation as a matter of fact there are a lot of persons who would like to give us a lot of information on marriage um majority of it is negative when i was when i decided to get married uh, a cousin of mine who i looked up to uh, he was older than me he said boy you're really going and put it with the um the, the, the loose around your neck you're going and hang yourself you're going and kill yourself and so that 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 is the overarching um conversation at least on the streets um we have a plethora of examples of people who had negative experiences um in the marriage relationship right from 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 a male's perspective and this is the post that i posted on society from a male's perspective society is becoming more predominantly female dominated and sure. not just female dominated but very feminist in nature women are unwilling let me let me make it let me, let me be straightforward majority of women nowadays are unwilling to submit to male um leadership and 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 that is inside the church and outside the church most of the times when women start speaking about submission it comes with conditions it's it's conditional um if then if if the, if my partner um, possesses these traits and x y and z and most of the traits are attached to their happiness so they are basically looking for someone that possesses some traits or, or a collection of traits that they calculate and they estimate that that person is going to make me happy and then okay i can i can submit to this person if they do such and such and such but as soon as that person um is does not meet their qualifications they are not willing to submit and so then um men are as jason says he's comfortable with his own company why would you voluntarily want to put yourself in a situation with a life partner that and, and make a vow that says uh, until death do us part i am going to love you because the, the, the love the love command and the submission command which which basically are the fundamental um cornerstones of marriage the men the man is commanded to love and the woman is commanded to submit and those commands were given by god unconditionally the love that is speaking about there is agape love and 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 so part of the leadership of the man is to love this woman unconditionally but it does not it does not give you incentive to, to want to love a woman unconditionally that puts that's put that puts or attaches come um um conditions to submitting to your leadership and so your your leadership is always under scrutiny and then we have a society where women have been very empowered the church has invested a lot of years into empowering women and and on the other side there were there were very little efforts to empowering men and mm. so now we have women who are who have financial power they have um, financial security and other forms of security and you have men who are insecure because um it, it comes back to leadership some of the most of the men in society did not have fathers they did not have male figures to to, 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 to teach them exactly 
all that it means to be a man. It's a cultural thing. I know you. I know you. You. You are going into an institution that requires your leadership, and you're kind of not too certain of yourself. And and the person that you're going into this institution or this relationship with has very high expectations and demands of you, and for some men it's intimidating. Um, and and there are a lot of risk factors in, involved in it for men. And and so when they when they count the cost of what they have to lose in attached to what they have to gain from the from the whole ordeal, um, they tend they tend to lean in the next direction. Like let me just stay away from this. I could by myself. And I have seen and heard so many negative reports about this thing. So let me just stay by myself. As a matter of fact, married people don't even look happy to me. Mm. So should bomb. Um, Carissa, um, um, the fellows would have spoken about, in, um, and more so Carol coming down to the end about the pressure that is put on men, but yet they don't, they're not empowered. So therefore you have a sense from some men, I don't want to say all, from some men, they feel a bit, uh, is intimidated, you right to it, like the expectations are so high and they are conditional, right? So you're losing your contented, satisfied single life and you're going into this married life where, you know, you not only are demands being made of you, but you may not be fully empowered to meet those demands. And, in, and, and as Carol said, those demands are sometimes unreasonable. So where do we go from here, you know? Um, I thought... That, that, those are really good points that you guys made. And, you know, it's something that I've thought about a lot, actually, in terms of the way that society now has been empowering women. And for some reason, when we think in order to empower women, we have to belittle men or make sure they, they don't get any further. Um, the two things can't happen at the same time. And I think it's, it's the type of, like what feminism is now is so unhealthy in comparison to the simple truth that it supposedly started with, which was simply like, you know, women are human beings too, and, you know, have, right. should have simple rights as, you know, the ability to work and to vote and that kind of thing. And and now it's just, um, you know, a completely different and very perverse thing that I, in my, you know, from my perspective and just, how society has shifted overall where 50 years ago you know if you saw someone pregnant you could assume more than likely that person you could assume you know this person is married um without it being you know like oh you can't ask those you can't see those things or that type of thing and now it's a, a completely just a, a very different um experience that we're, we're living through so i oftentimes feel it for men because I see how unbalanced it is, where we, I don't think in general, we truly value what a man brings to the table, what a, a biblical man, what a, a manly man, a man's man, in other words, brings to the table, um, to the point where we try to make men effeminate, you know, we try to normalize them, you know, doing, uh, I guess, traditionally female things, or dress in a certain way, even like, you know, the fashion and the music, every everything that we see in, um, is is killing men in that way. And then Carol also mentioned, you know, fatherlessness. That is 
that is a, a, a big problem that we're facing. And if you look at um, America, where the uh, fatherlessness rate is like about 70% for the black community, what does that bode for that type of, for, for our people? What does that bode for society? Uh, it's very hard to, well, I could only assume to be a man without any good manly, you know, examples around you and try to come up with that from you, for yourself, you know? So I think that um, we have to be able to acknowledge that, that men have kind of gotten the short end of the stick and try to actively um, work um, against that. So, yeah. yeah.